0: Welcome to the Awake to Joy podcast. The advice and strategies contained here may not be suitable for your situation, and you should consult a professional where appropriate. Let's listen to today's program.
1: Welcome to Awake to Joy. Hi, (laughs) Renee. Hi, Renee. How you doing? I'm
0: all right. (laughs) Okay. Well, today we're going to talk about fear. Fear seemed to rule my life so much during the time I was being sexually abused as well as after. And I finally have gotten to the point in my life that if fear starts chasing me, I turn around and I want to head back the other way and chase it away because I'm done with it. I'm tired of living my life in fear. And so that's why I wanted to talk about that subject because it was very consuming in my past. And I see it so much in those that I work with.
1: And it's even been present in my life recently as well, just Mm -hmm. with my illness and other things. You know, sometimes it takes another person to point out that F-E-A-R word (laughs) in your life to realize you're even walking in it or functioning in it still.
0: It makes sense because you can't see it sometimes. It's in your blind spot. That is for
1: sure. You're just functioning out of it, thinking that's just every day. That's just typical. You don't even realize it is. Perfect word that you use was consuming. You don't realize that it is. It is controlling your life as well besides consuming. Yes, so this is a good topic. Good topic to cover because it's a self topic. <laughs> we well, because it
0: affects everybody. That is for sure. You know, God's word says in the Bible that this world, we're all going to have trouble. We're all going to have tribulation. Okay. There's no guarantee of safety in this world. And I know from being sexually abused, it was always looking for safety and not wanting tribulation and always wanting to be timid away from it. But because of God knowing this as well he's given us tools and he's given us his word and during those trials and tribulations what i found more than anything is i get to know him better amen and when i thought back to when i was a child hiding in my closet doing one of those freak out anxiety moment type things and just saying god you got to help me god you got to help me please the next thing i'd know is i'd wake up on the ground I went to sleep in peace Mm -hmm. somehow, some way, I don't know how, but God did answer and he just helped me to go to sleep. And I fell asleep Mm -hmm. in his arms, in the closet. And that's how he was able to help me through that tribulation. At least I knew I wasn't alone. He was there with me. Mm
1: -hmm. That makes me think of a friend sharing her story as well of her abuse, starting when she was a baby in diapers and even being locked in a closet. Hers was a choice of being, a, or not a choice of being in a closet. But when she would be in that closet, she'd find a Bible. She would pray to mm-hmm. God as a little kid, understanding what concepts she knew of God, God help me. And she'd always seem to find a Bible in there. Either she stashed it there, I don't know. But she said she always knew God was present. And that made what should have been terrifying, bearable. Mm-hmm. And was, she was also able to get through it because of God's presence, God's word. Physically, you know, as well as spiritually. Yes, it spiritually, yes.
0: <laughs> the Bible says over 300 times that we're not supposed to be afraid. And I love oh. how it talks about in 2 Timothy that God has not given us a spirit of Fear but of power and of love and a sound mind. That sound mind isn't there when you are, you know, just in fear all the time. So if God just gave us power, love, and a sound mind, he's not the one who gave us fear.
1: That spirit of fear is from Satan himself. Yeah, I was going to say, the fact that it's been mentioned 300 times, at least, <laughs> in the Bible, shows you how how much it can be adhered to inner life and how much it is so present. Yes. For them to mention it 300 times. <laughs> but do well, not obviously,
0: the spirit of fear is always going to be there. But we have a choice, we have a decision. And that's what I didn't understand when I was younger was I got a decision if I'm gonna go ahead and entertain the spirit of fear. If I am gonna go ahead and say, yeah, come and sit right next to me, bite your fingernails. I wanna be in fear, make friends with it. Because when I do, then all of a sudden fear takes over the control. Fear now controls me and becomes a tormentor and becomes a manipulator. And then I end up being paralyzed. And I should have in the beginning made the decision when I felt fear to reach out to God. Help me. I don't want fear. Take
1: it away. But when we sit with it (laughs) and entertain it, allow it, fear does not just become a surface thing that wants to come and let me just be that irritant, you know, like a brother or sister, I'm touching you, I'm touching you. No, it gets deeper and deeper. It spirals. It becomes that gossip. I call it gossip, but it's like if you got that picture of you're involved with another person and you're doing this (laughs) gossiping It's kind of what fear does. Fear wants to get into conversation with you and start spiraling like a gossip and just spiral it and make it bigger and bigger and bigger That what was when it was just kind of passing through.
0: It could have been just a small thing and then it became this cancer that's all encompassing and that controls the way you move around or do things or not do things more likely of what you don't do.
1: (laughs) consumes all of your thinking and consumes even your decision-making and just, it upheaves everything.
0: I remember um, one of our children was very little and she woke up in the middle of the night and we could see that her body just swelled up. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was very swollen. Mm -hmm. And I knew when I saw her, I pictured one of my sisters. When I was little, one of my sisters, when I was little, grew up with kidney disease. And because she couldn't urinate very well and such, the body just swelled up. She had problems with her kidneys. And when I looked at my daughter immediately, that past fear, fear came from my past, went in my head, oh my goodness, my daughter is having the same kidney problem that my Mm -hmm. sister had. I went ahead and went with it. I let that fear come in. That idea came and I went with it. And I was not thinking in the spiritual world to go, I need to choose my words wisely, if that makes sense. And yes, I could have concerns. Yes, this looks like one of my sisters, that type of thing. This fear is coming from my past, but this is my present day, the future that I'm walking with Christ, and God, you're with John and I, my husband, and we're going to go ahead and pray over our daughter, and pray healing, and take her to the doctors, and check their wisdom out that they have in this, because I wasn't needing to entertain fear that way, if that makes sense. Usually, fear will come from your past, and that's why sexual abuse is so damaging, because that's where those thoughts, like you said, that spiral, that little tornado that's going on in your head with all those thoughts are just flaring
1: up. Definitely a tormentor.
0: (laughs) Yes, that is for sure. One Mm -hmm. of the ways Mm -hmm. is to figure out when you have a fear, is it realistic? So let's say Renee, you have a fear of flying we could put that down on paper. You have your, well, why do you fear flying? And you'd put your reasons down why you're afraid of flying. And then we could look at those reasons and realistically go through them and see if they all are truly valid, or maybe it's just something you remember when you were a kid that somebody said, if you got up in an airplane, the pressure and everything will make your head some, at least one out of 10 people, their heads blew up. Well, some reason that thought is still in your head and it, It's not realistic, but we sometimes take our childlike thinking and take it as fact still as an adult.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) yep, Perfect example. I know it's silly, but I was, I was shown a newspaper article of this kid with sunken in cheeks and I was told that kids that drink coffee, they're, you know, they, they look like they've been malnourished. And so as a child, it was, I'll never drink coffee. And then I never drank it. And I can't stand the taste of it now as an adult. Not because of fear, but, you know, even silly things like that being instilled in you, you can carry through to adulthood. Because Because you didn't want want to have
0: sunken in cheeks and (laughs) look at new and and everything. There you go. You got to see if they're actually reality, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's why sometimes writing them down, but then going further, okay, so you're afraid of flying, Renee, but why exactly? And you could start listing those things down. And then from there, you could realistically look at it, if that makes sense. And if you need help, ask a trusted friend that we've talked about before in other videos.
1: Identifying, identifying your reasons.
0: I like your coffee example. That's pretty good. (laughs) Because we need to go with reality, and if we do that, then we're able to stand on God's word. We're able to stand firm in God's word, and then go ahead and tell Satan he has no place to be there to try to make you afraid. He has no grounds in this
1: area, and he needs to leave. Because, go ahead. Well, you're talking about flying, and that was actually me. I did not have fear to fly until I collapsed in an airplane. <laughs> one oh, I he was just making I, up the example. <laughs> and that was making it up. Trying forgetting that. But after I collapsed that one time in the airplane, fear came. Fear came strong to the point of anxiety then came. And I was scared. I was scared. I was like, I gotta make sure I have my food. I gotta make sure of this for a couple flights after that. Eddie watched it every time. It was like just this this anxiety just swelled. I couldn't do the normal Renee stuff of just chit-chatting in lines and just enjoying it. I was so scared that it was going to happen again. Mm. But when I finally did what you were just suggesting, making that list of why you scared Renee, you know, coming to reality, like you call it, facing reality and bringing Jesus into it. When I finally invited Jesus into my situation, he calmed me. He took away the anxiety, he took away the fear, and it was like this cloud just kind of lifted. There was an oppression over me to stay yes. in, fear. It's to make me want to stay in that fear and to stay in that drama of it. But when I took it to Jesus and asked him to help me see why, and then to help me be relieved of it, he did, he lifted it. It was like night and day. I still remember being in the airport doing that prayer and then like doing a, it was like a 360 or I don't know what you call a 180 or a 360, but where I was in the fear and I didn't want to talk to nobody, I was like silent, I was muted, it was like, I just need to get on, I just need to get off, I just need to get on, just need to get off. But after I prayed, it was, wow, who's around me? Who can I talk to? And I came back. Renee we know. yes. The sound mind returned, and I have not had fear of flying ever since. Thank goodness. But it was a spiritual thing to overcome fear. Yes. And Jesus into it at that moment.
0: And some people don't think it's so, but the word of God does say it's a spirit. Fear is a spirit, and it it needs to be subjected to God. Because his truth, when the light shines down upon it, that's when you're able to have that peace. That's when you're Mm -hmm. able to function again. Again, fear wants to eventually paralyze you. Paralyze you to the point that you don't want to live anymore that way. Because eventually,
1: Satan just wants to take you out anyways. Yeah. Well, that's his goal. Steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. So, steal your livelihood. Steal your sound mindness, (laughs) kill your joy, kill your desire to do anything. Yes. Now, when it
0: comes to words, uh, let's say on the air, I can't fly anymore. Did you hear it? I can't. But God's word says that what we say with our mouths is so important in Proverbs. It says that our words have power. And we've got to be so careful of what we're communicating out. So when you say, I can't, um, I'll try. You need to change it more to, I can, I choose, I'm willing to.
1: I also learned to use the word, to this point, I haven't been able to. But moving forward. There you go. I I learned that from a counselor one time to this point, however.
0: (laughs) You know, those old voices are just gonna keep pounding in your head of what happened in the past and that you shouldn't trust this time around. Uh, Boy, I told you it was too risky. Boy, that was stupid of you to think you could do this. Uh, I told you it wasn't gonna turn out well. You knew it wasn't gonna turn out well. And that just robs us of joy.
1: What were you thinking? Trying anyway, you know. Now you just flew recently.
0: I'm sure fear knocked on your door somewhere along the line before you took off. He likes to bring up your past. Did he try knocking on your door?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, I, memories came back, not of the fainting, but of the anxiety that I used to have. And, And I know it sounds funny, but it was when I was walking into the bathroom and it was before when I would fly, I would make sure I went to the bathroom like two or three times at the airport because it just, you know, something about the fear would make me think I might get trapped in the bathroom. I don't know, but it would always force me just make sure I'm, I'm, I'm clear, make sure I have nothing to take on the airplane. And when I had used the bathroom this time, like, oh my gosh, what thinking did I have going through my head? It's just not realistic. There's a bathroom on the airplane you can use. (laughs) But when you're in anxiety and fear mode, you don't think logistically or logically. It starts shutting you down. Yeah. Making wise decisions aren't always there. But yeah, it came a knocking. And I was just grateful that I'm not in that place anymore.
0: Now, there's going to be things that happen that you've never been through before. Um, Your husband had a severe emergency years back. Well, nobody was expecting that emergency to happen health-wise. It was just kind of like out of nowhere. But in that moment, if we take the time and remember what God has done for you in the past, not what fear is trying to tell you. Right. But what God has done in the past, even if you need to write it down, what has the, the God done for Eddie and I in the past? And yeah. to write those things down, that helps build that hope yes. in those yes. emergency moments when fear is like, you should be afraid. Yeah. You should be afraid. You have no control in the situation right now. Being afraid is normal. Everybody else would be yelling and being nervous and being all upset and stuff like that. You got permission to do that.
1: Yeah. When, when we got that news immediately, when he and I left the, the doctor's office, I in fear wanted to run to water because in Seattle, every day I had that easy ability to just drive to the ocean and walk with the Lord. That's where I had my deepest talks with God was at the ocean. And now being in Fort Wayne and getting this news, I was like, where's my water? I just want to drive to water to feel feel God again. And it was just this weird thinking that I had in my fear mode of uh, that I needed water to find God. And I had to stop and like, Lord, where are you? And it was, I'm right here in the car. And I just went. He was there. I didn't need my crutch of the ocean. I didn't need to have that scenario. I didn't need my Bible right in front of me. It was, I'm here. And he just flooded me with that peace. And that memory, like what you're saying is, okay, so what can, I, what can I land on here in this situation it was? I've promised you, I will carry you. And so from that point on, through that situation, it was a heart situation. Through that situation, Eddie and I both had this peace that was just unexplainable But I had to go through that moment of fear and connect with God to be in that peaceful place. And he gave me my sound mind back and he gave me wisdom and he gave me his word and he gave me his promise.
0: He refilled your
1: soul. Oh my gosh. So that your
0: trust bank account was good to draw on every single time you got more news, you needed to do something else.
1: Yes, yeah. It's like, okay, he says he's gonna carry it. It's like nothing was surprising us after that, if that makes sense. You know, it could have just been layering to the point of we were we were ready for if death came. He individually was ready. I was individually ready. We knew we could face it if it came. We have that kind of peace that shouldn't have been there. And it was all because of the promises of God and his presence.
0: Amen. Trump the fear. Trump the fear. For those who've been sexually abused, fear is just uh, a lot larger for people. Those who've uh, had traumatizing events in their life, fear seems to really be a lot bigger. And the enemy is constantly, Satan, the enemy, is trying to form weapons against you. That's what the Bible says. He's trying to form those Weapons that are just for Renee, that are just for Annette. So they're personalized. So that's why I'm really trying to get people to understand, watch your words. It's okay to go, man, I'm scared right now. But why am I scared right now? And God, this this is what I'm seeing. This is where I need your light on this area. This is where I'm needing peace. Help me step back and show me. Fear is a feeling, but it's not a fact. Amen. All right. Talk to you later, Renee. Thanks, Annette. Bye. You have been listening to the Awake to Joy podcast. Views expressed in this podcast are of the speaker's opinions. Thank you for listening. If you could please give us a review below, we would appreciate it greatly, as well as sharing this podcast with your family and friends. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email us at awake, the digit number two, the letter J, at gmail.com, or check out our website at awake, the digit number two, joy, the full word joy, dot com, or visit us on Facebook. With Awake to Joy, under no circumstances shall Awake to Joy its employees, volunteers, guests, and officers be liable for any direct or indirect losses or damages arising out of comments made. We look forward to chatting with you again. Remember, you are not alone.